This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to the Woman and Money Empowerment Show. My name is Yulin Lee, and I am your host. In these episodes, you will hear my heart-to-heart conversations with women from all walks of life, sharing their wisdom and their journey to success. I hope through these stories, you will find inspirations and affirmation that ordinary people like you and me, we can achieve extraordinary results and live an extraordinary life. Now, let's dive into today's show. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome, Lydia. Thank you so much for coming on to this Woman and Money Empowerment Show. I really appreciate you being here with me. Thank you, Yulin. It's a pleasure being here. And thank you for asking me to uh, come on your show. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. So uh, I am really excited to have this conversation with you um, because you are a little bit different from uh, all the other guests that I have invited on the show. And that is you are in the public service area. And so that carries a, probably a different set of uh, challenges and rewards in itself. And so I would love to dive into those details. Um, and then also, uh, you know, apparently, you know, obviously being an Asian woman, it's not easy in the politics as well. So we'll probably talk a little bit about that. But before we dive in, could you just give our audience a brief introduction of who is Lydia? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, um, I, I am actually born to Shanghainese parents and uh, born in Hong Kong at a very young age. Our, our family, uh, my, due to my father's um, uh, employment, we moved to Sudan, which is in mm. Africa. I lived there, went through primary school and also um, primary school uh, and middle school in, uh, in the Sudan. Then um, when Sudan uh, had a civil war, uh, to keep me and my brother safe, I was sent to Guam. My brother was sent to New York to live with relatives. So I went to Guam, which is um, uh, a U.S. territory, um, and that's where I went to high school as well as to college. I came to America here in the mainland in uh, 88 and have lived in the area ever since um, and um, started off as merchant uh, entrepreneur basically i had my own little video shop video rental mm-hmm. that was back when we still had VHS yeah. tapes and all that you know so it was quite uh fun to see the progression of where we are now you know there's mm-hmm. no more shops it's all on tv streaming and all that right but in any case um and it was near stanford university so we had a lot of stanford children uh students they're not children mm-hmm. they're actually grown-ups um but, uh, you know, but as time went on and the business change and the product change, you know, then I went on to become a realtor. Mm-hmm. And now I work with my husband and we're both realtors and, um, you know, um, in, in the real estate business and also in the property management business. Actually, I have I tell people I moonlight as a council member. <laughs> and this year uh, in January, I became the mayor of the city of Palo Alto. Yeah, and that's quite an accomplishment. So congratulations. Thank so you. thank you so much for sharing your 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 life journey. And gosh, I, I didn't know all of that, you know, the, the background of you, you know, growing up in Sudan and, and going to college school and college in Guam. And so, and then now become, you know, a mayor of Palo Alto. Um, so uh, what was that one thing that pushed you into the public service area? Like what, what, What's driving that that move or 
You know, it's very interesting. I've thought about that for a long time. You know, what was it? There was, there is not one political bone in me to tell you the truth uh, before. And really, you know, just going about my business. But one of the things that I am very passionate about is being a volunteer in our community. So um, I volunteered and joined my uh, neighborhood association um, on the on their board of directors and uh, actually helped out with social events as well as with the emergency preparedness program. At work uh, in the as realtors, we have also service projects. And my husband and I both were um, leaders in the um, Realtors uh, Service Volunteer Program, which every year we go out and we survey um, older folks, seniors, to help them age in place. So we go to their homes and make sure that, you know, things around their house is safe and to help them do things, uh, to correct things in their house so that they remain safe and healthy in there. But mostly what drove me into uh, this public service arena was um, emergency preparedness, actually. And from there, I got to know so many people in Palo Alto. And in a way, I think there was a development of uh, trust and just the ability to listen to people and not have any um, formed ideas or formed opinions, but just listening to people. And then as time went on, I just got more and more people who just liked to talk and let me know what is going on in their life. And uh, from there, it developed into a project, a development that was going to be built in my neighborhood on a safe route to School Street, very narrow, and people were concerned about that. So um, as I investigated, you know, and looked into it, I decided to help the movement of revisiting this project. And from there, it just ballooned. And um, I am often of the mind who likes to say, if you're going to complain about something, you might as well as get involved so you can be part of the solution as well. Yeah. Be the change you want to see, right? <laughs> something to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yes. Oh, thank you. So, um, so that's very interesting. Um, a couple of things you mentioned about you know growing that trust and uh and then also you know the ability to listen and creating and you know managing projects it sounds like you know you've gone through a a whole slew of personal growth journey for yourself to to now you're blossomed into this new public role and so can we talk about trust a little bit more maybe um so when i listen to uh, to you talking what comes to mind, there's two levels of trust. You know, one is the trust that you have built between yourself and the community. But then also maybe there's also an element of trust in yourself in pursuing whatever you want to pursue. And so can you elaborate on that or, you know, what 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 that's been like? I would say you're, you're, you're very observant, you know, and very thoughtful uh, in what you, you're thinking about. You know, what you said about, you know, learning as I go along and having found myself, you know, and that's the whole journey. It's not like I know what is going to happen. Oftentimes I sit back and I think about why am I here? And then I look at the progression. As a matter of fact, when I was uh, in emergency prep and leading emergency preparedness and leading that effort, oftentimes I would 
sit down and you know I I I uh, I'm a Catholic, so I went to Catholic schools all my life. So as I'm sitting there praying, I'm asking, so why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why am I the director of emergency prep? What do I know? You know, but for some reason, you know, I'm given I'm given this、uh, light bulb flash go off into ideas. You know, and and I just think that you know that way I just follow it, and you know, in, in a way, it's kind of like blind trust. Go and fit, go and do it, and know whether it, and learn from the mistakes in order to do it better. But don't just sit still. So I think that's. That's how I move、uh, and move forward, and people's trust in me also help me trust myself too, because I know I'm doing the right thing at that point. And I actually、um, actively ask for feedback because、mm. every day, even in in my age now, and I don't want to divulge it, <laughs> but、um, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Every day is a lesson. Every minute is a lesson. I think that when I'm talking to you right now, I'm learning from you a lot of things that you say, just how you provide the question and the reason. And、uh, I just think I just want to say, never stop growing and never stop listening to that little voice in you、mm-hmm. and others also. And be able. I think for me, one of the things that I have been working on is to listen to feedback. Be it constructive or criticism or just plain old nasty,、mm-hmm. listen to it and think about it. Don't just discard it, you know.、Um, so, so I think that's something that I'd like to impart,、um, and I do hold that very dear in in terms of listening to feedback. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So you know the the, the blind trust that that you mentioned earlier. I, I I think I would probably call that intuition, right? Is that <laughs> you actually follow your intuition, and and I think that is huge. That is a huge part of our personal growth in in building the trust and building the confidence in ourselves is is the ability to to trust our intuition, to listen to our intuition, because.、Um, Deep down inside, we all have what it takes. We have the answers, and oftentimes we block it. Yeah, yeah, we do have it. We absolutely have it. It's just that who is by you to help you come out? You know, to help you. And so, my husband is actually very instrumental in helping me because I bounce ideas and thoughts off of him.、Mm-hmm. And then, Depending on his look on his face, or <laughs> you know what? There's been many times that I've bounced things off him, and then he would say, "Well, you want to be cautious," and I still go out and do it because there's something deep inside me that says, "Yes, you can go do it. Just go and do it and see what happens." You know, right, and、right. I have to say, you know, I've kind of proven him wrong once or twice. You know, so、right. gratifying. But you know, with my children as well. Now that they're older, there's a different relationship also.、Mm-hmm. One is thirty-five,、uh, and the other one is twenty-nine.、Mm-hmm. And so now with those two, I can bounce ideas off them. It's such an interesting, you know, their growth, and when、yeah. they come to that age where we have a different kind of relationship, where I can talk to them as adults and actually ask them, "What do you think?" And then they'll tell me, you know, right,、oh, right. This would be great, and then they help me develop ideas, and so I. It, it's just yes, trust yourself and try. There's no harm in trying. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's beautiful because um, you know I I also have two children. You know, they're in their early. My my daughter is twenty three, and my son is twenty, and so they are also you know becoming an adult. And so I can definitely feel the shift in how we communicate and and. And um, you know, really take advantage of the fact that they actually they can provide a completely different perspective from their generation. Right? It's a you know both it's it's a life experience, but also just generational. We we have different right perspectives, and and it's always nice to to see a different perspective. So um, so you mentioned you know listening, um, and I think that's also another thing that probably is a big challenge for a lot of us is.、Um, What does it mean when we listen? Like, how do we really listen? And so, whether it's listening to the public feedback or listening to your inner voice, and so, can you share some of your thoughts on that? I'll go back. I'll tell a story、uh, when my daughter、uh, was younger, and she was in high school. You know, in high school years, their emotions are just up and down, up and down. And some, and one day she came home. And she was crying, so I sat down with her and asked her what's going on, and she started to tell me. And I said,、mm, "I'm gonna go and do this and do that," you know. She said, "Mom, can't you just listen to me? I didn't tell you to do anything, you know. Just listen to what I, I just need someone to listen to me." And it occurred to me right there, you know. Yes, I am mother, and that tiger or lioness or. You know, bear comes out to want to go and protect them and solve their problem and take down whoever hurt them and so forth. But she can do it herself, you know. And she said to me, "Just listen to me. Just sit there and listen." And I think from that very moment on, it kind of hit me that people might just want me to hear them,、mm-hmm. and so I listen. And if they want help, I ask. So, would you like me to do anything? So now I ask instead of just diving into it,、um, right? And and you know, in public service, you know, most of the time it's a reactory thing because we don't seem to enforce, but rather react to when somebody complains.、Um, personally, I don't find that to be a good way because、mm-hmm. it, it wastes a lot of time. And then also,、um, I think you start off already in a negative note. When you when somebody's already complaining, they're already not happy.、Mm-hmm. I've had many times people call me and they're yelling because they're so unhappy about something.、Mm-hmm. And after we, I listen and they vent it all out, and then and then I said, so would you like me to help you?、Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tell me more or something like that. And then you hear this immediate calm. You know, so I think you know.、Um, Just affording them that ear just helps so much to bring some calm and some some、um, relief,、mm-hmm. and just know that they're being heard. And then trusting my voice, my my inner voice,、uh, with your question is、um, quiet time.、Mm. Some people tell me they meditate. I、mm-hmm. I don't know how to meditate, Yulin.、Mm-hmm. When I sit down and be quiet. There's all these things talking in my brain. It's even louder than when I'm, you know.、Um, but I think that when I pray,、mm-hmm. when I'm praying, things happen.、Mm-hmm. Um, I pray when I'm driving, just you know, just talking to God. And then sometimes something would happen and say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that." You know, I mean, it just comes out of my mouth、mm-hmm. as I'm talking. You、mm-hmm. know, 
and sometimes just quiet time praying and then things happen mm -hmm. so well that's your form of med meditation i think so i yeah. think so. yeah i i just can't sit there and be quiet because oh <laughs> all right this in my head right 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 yeah. yeah yeah well thank you for sharing that because i i can really relate to you know the, the the listening part especially you know when it comes to you know our kids and i i, I can totally relate to this urge of being a mother wanting to solve all of their problems and i've had also multiple times with my children telling me can you just listen and and not you know give me a solution but just listen and so um that is definitely something that probably we all um you know struggle a little bit but also you know it's something that we all you know work towards being a being a better listener so well, then we can take you. it take what they said and learn from it and take it to other situations and and i think right. that's what i did you know with, with right them. right and i think for me um sometimes and i don't know if this is true for other people uh when i think about listening sometimes i also equate that to agreeing so when I say, yeah, I'm, I'm listening, I feel like sometimes there's the, and that's my projection, that there's the expectation that if you agree with me, that that means you're listening to me. But if you disagree with me, then you're not listening to me because you're still disagreeing, right? <laughs> and so so I think there's a part um, that I, the, kind of the nuances of listening that I've had to learn is, is to make explicit to say, I hear you, I'm listening, I hear you, even though I may not agree with, with whatever you say. Mm -hmm. And and so so anyway, so that's just, uh, you know, I think listening is a big uh, learning journey for all of it us. It is a learning journey. I mean, I never thought about it that way, yeah. Oh, another thing about listening, you know, in the old days, even now for me, when, when we're talking about listening to people, you know, there's the eye-to-eye -eye contact, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then I've also come to realize that for some people it's auditory, not visual. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so the eye to eye actually is so focused at looking at you in your eye that you're missing what they're really trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that in some, at some level, you also have to learn how people hear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and how, so for me, actually, <laughs> um, I'm actually auditory. I find that sometimes when people are speaking, I have to look away so mm -hmm. that I can hear. Yeah. But when I'm focused on them, then I miss some words here and there. Right, um, right. So that's something that I'm also kind of working. So because I recognize that, I work towards it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's kind of interesting when, when I start recognizing these deficiencies that I have. Mm -hmm. and, and then recognizing it is first acknowledging it and then working towards how to resolve it so that mm -hmm. it doesn't hinder me. Um, so those are all self discoveries, right? Yeah, yeah. That's and and that that's huge. That's a huge part of this this journey to, of getting into the public space because um, as I think about it, again, you know, I'm I'm not you know somebody who's like politically you know driven, and so when I think about public service, and I sometimes think, oh man, you you really need to have thick face or thick skin or you know to to be able to whether all the all the you know the battles that you may you know come across you know as a mayor or, or whatever other political position you hold and so but it, it all comes down to it takes courage mm -hmm. and so i would love for you to speak about maybe courage oh is that what you have in the back yeah um, a friend of mine when i was running for council 
um, you know, I have a photo and then he took that and I, I think I had expressed I really like uh, um, Barack Obama, a pres former President Barack Obama's uh, photo, you know, with all the colors and then he, so he went and he made me this and put courage underneath it. So I thought, oh, that is really super sweet, you know. I, you know, I, I didn't even, I, I, I saw the picture, but I couldn't see the words underneath it, but I, okay, well, yeah. So, so can you share, like, what, what does it feel like? I mean, does it feel like you're being courageous or, you know, because sometimes it's for us to see from outside and that, that you're being very courageous, you know, to step into this, this position. Uh, but what does it feel like from inside? Do you tell yourself, oh, I have to be courageous or something else that, that, that drives your, you know, work? Yeah. Um, once upon a time, I was actually very scared. Um, I was always uncertain whether I was doing the right, the right thing or not, but I always fell back on the model from emergency prep preparation. Mm -hmm. Which is to do the best to do the best for the most number of people. Because mm. in emergency prep, we're always triaging, right, to see what we do, how 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 we're going to save the most number of people. Some, unfortunately, you know, we might have to leave behind. But what is the better good for the greater number of people? So I always fall back on that. And I know at the beginning, I wanted to please everybody, everybody, and. It would make me miserable because I also know that I am not, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, then, in order for me not to fall into depression or anything like that, because I'm not achieving that high level that I want to please everybody, um, I have to tell myself, you know, if you're going to keep on doing this service, you're going to have to start, you know, letting go and not be so hard on yourself. Because if I'm not well, I'm not going to do well for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And and also if I think a lot of it also has to do with at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you look at the people that you love the most and who loves you the most mm -hmm. and you look them in the eye and mm -hmm. that they are what they believe in you is still there. Mm -hmm. And that would be my family, my children and my husband, because obviously for my children, I'm setting an example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well as for many other younger for youth, right, other youth. So um, at the end of the day, that's what I ask myself. And I look in their eyes to see if I had misstepped and um, lost some of their trust. And mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. So thank you for sharing that because, you know, actually, you know, as I'm listening to you, I have a couple of thoughts that, that, that just came to my mind. Um, you know, one is, we can't serve everyone and i think that's true in our business as well and i can totally relate to that i actually myself had a very pivotal moment late last year in my own business where i i surrendered i surrendered to the fact that i can't serve everyone and i can only serve the people who want to be served and also who are ready to do the work themselves and i think part of that that shift that helped me is recognizing that even though I cannot help everyone, because part of wanting to help everyone is that is the thought of I don't want to leave anybody behind, and so I have to somehow ease that, you know, that that concern. And what I came to realize is that the people that I cannot serve, there'll be other people 
who can serve them in that place, right? So in that time. And so, um, you know, that also helped me you know, like a little bit of letting go and sort of surrendering to acknowledging the fact that every one of us at the individual level, we can't serve everybody in the world, but we can serve the right people who resonates with our message, who, you know, share the same common cause or, you know, whatever. Um, so, so yeah, and, and that's a big relief for all of us, right? It is. It, it impacts stress levels and health, everything. Um, and it takes up precious brain space mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it you end up thinking about it so much that you're not, pro not you, that I am not productive anymore. Right, right. Because I'm constantly thinking about how, not only is it just sad, but also it pulls my, um, it pulls me into depression and trying to figure out something and there's no way around it, you know, um, when I could be doing something else to help somebody else or help the, the person who's asking for help in a small way. But, you know, in my position, we do a lot of policy making. Mm-hmm. When you do policy, it's not going to please everybody. Right, right. But it's how do you do a policy that would help the most number of people in this town? Right. Um, so that was a lot of talking to myself. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, there are days that I cried and cried and cried trying to figure out, you know, oh, my gosh, what happened? You know, but mm -hmm. um, and a good cry is good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good release, right? <laughs> you know? Sometimes you just need to kind of let it out. And once it's over, it's like, okay, back to work. Now right. it's cleared, you know. It's right. rain, you know. Right, right. You, know, you have air that has a lot of pollen. The rain comes down. It's clean, you know. So, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Thank you. And so um, you also, another thing you I, I wanted to, to touch on is role modeling right role modeling for your children something that you you mentioned earlier but also um i would like to elaborate on that a little bit because being an asian woman in politics um can you share what that's like whether you feel like there's extra layers of challenges and and if there is you know what are what are they and then also um how uh and if you can just elaborate how would you set the role model for the younger generation you know the younger girls who are Try to decide now you know what is their career path and and any words of wisdoms there i think modeling um you know i i never know who is watching or um who is listening especially because it's what i do is in public so i try very hard to um make it personal and i bring myself a lot into it who i am is um continuing to understand that my position is to serve people. So continuing to be humble, authentic, and just be real. When you when we come into this official position, there's a lot of things that's thrown at us. We get letters from other uh, officials that calls us the honorable Lydia Koo, you know, and it's such big words. And it can go to your head, you know, if you let it, right? But at the end of the day, I oftentimes tell myself, who is it that I'm serving? Is it myself? You know, it's nice to hear, oh, the Honorable Lydia, you know, or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you know, I have to have my feet on the ground because I need to know what the temperature is, what what people who are living real lives are going through. So um, 
So interacting with people is very important just to hear from them. Again, goes back to listening. But the one of the things that I am lucky with is I can just go up to, and I think that's why I'm a realtor and I had a business that was like a video, video rental where you have to have that interpersonal relationships and you just have to be able to go to people and talk to them, ask them questions. And, you know, when you ask questions, people tell you. Uh, after a while, they start talking and you learn more. And and it's just um, as a role model, just being humble and, mm-hmm. and having boots on the ground and being realistic about life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it was very interesting, you know, because I grew up in the Sudan and grew up on Guam. I never really looked at myself that way. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, when I was younger, my friends in Sudan and on, uh, mostly in Sudan, actually, would tease, you know, about my Chinese eyes, you know, how they go. Right, know? right, right. right. Yeah. And I never thought anything of it, you know, just kind of, okay, you know, you guys are making fun of me. And, you know, I'll just, I didn't think of that as something that was, you know, a difficult. But I'll tell you, um, running for council it was the model minority. Now that when I go back and think about it, I did get treated a little bit like, uh, because I'm, some people, well, many people say that I'm a little bit too soft-spoken. I need to be a little bit more assertive with how I speak, but I'm not that kind of person. So even though I tried, I couldn't do it, you know? So I just figured, I told myself, I appreciate the uh, advice and the suggestions, but at the end of the day, I am me, I have my own style, and that's the style that I'm going to go with because mm-hmm. I'm comfortable in it. Um, and I will say what I need to say, but I'm comfortable in it. And when you know people try to suppress me, um, through time I've learned how to control perhaps the anger that comes through and just you know shake it off because... Um, I don't, I don't need to uh, react to it because it empowers them, actually, if I react to it. Right, um, right. But I just stand up and not allow them to uh, suppress me. That's, that's the only thing I can do. But not to react to it is a very big thing because it empowers them. Right. Uh, and I will not e- enable them. Right, right. Yeah, and I find that sometimes women don't like other women mm-hmm. you know we have a movement now that says hey we're women so let's band together and help each other but I'll tell you I have experienced women I have a lot of women friends that are really great and have been very very supportive and have held my hand through things but there are also women who has tried to you know tear me down and have put me down because I am Asian mm-hmm. but Luckily for me, because it, I've lived in international surroundings, I don't think I view myself as that. And when they did it, I am, <laughs> I guess I didn't know that they're doing it. So it just went over my head and it has not really bothered right, me. Right, right. So, so I, I think what it, what it really comes down to is, is what you said earlier. It's actually, it's a form of resilience, right? In that whether you recognize somebody else's behavior as whether it's a racist remark or gesture, you can acknowledge it and and react to it, or you can acknowledge it and and not react to it. And when you don't react to it, you're actually holding on to your power. And so I I so resonate with that because 
in my line of work, you know, doing financial coaching for women, sometimes I come across like men who are talking about money and finance. Um, they bring a very different energy. Um, it's a lot of it is by, you know, kind of, for, you know, it's, it's a, the energy that they carry is about force. It's about power. And, and for me, I also, I feel like I carry a lot of power. Uh, but that power is is from within me, you know, it's not how I force it on other people or how to, you know, to force things to happen. And so um, it's that distinguishing between, you know, that external power that we can see uh, and and feel versus the the internal power that comes from within that just naturally comes through in your resilience and, and makes you someone who's unstoppable in, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Well, thank you, Yulin. Can I ask you something, Yulin? Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, you said you mentioned that men, when they they're in the same business and when they talk about money and finance and all of that, they bring in a certain power. And the thing is, um, have you experienced when you bring in this as a as a woman and as an Asian woman? Is there a different feeling or a different opinion from other women? Who might have this other way of viewing women who talks about money and mm. yeah so so first of all i want to clarify um I, what i said earlier it's not just men in the finance money business i i i'm talking about men in general okay. you know when they deal with money this is my observation obviously and i you know I, i'm generalizing and it, it doesn't mean everyone behaves this way but my observation is, you know, that it, generally speaking, men are a lot more kind of cut and dry when it comes to money. It's like, what do we need to do? Let's get it done. Da, 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 da. It's very action oriented. It's, it's, you know, this, this forcefulness of get it done, right? Uh, versus when women talk about money and finance, they somehow, and, and I think, um, a lot of it has to do with our upbringing, you know, how girls are raised in uh, in the family or, you know, and then their identity, you know, in, in terms of what's their role in the family and what's their role in the society, right? And oftentimes, you know, women grow up, you know, with this concept of, well, money is a man's job. My job is to take care of the kids and the family. And so, um, so, and that's over time, that's what makes them small. And so they don't carry that necessarily that forcefulness, you know, kind of when we talk about our kids, right? Mm -hmm. Our mother instinct, you know, kicks in right away. I want to protect it. I'm going to take on the whole world to protect my little baby. So as women, we have that in us. Mm -hmm. We do that for our children. But we don't do that in the area of money and finance. We often make ourselves so small. It's like, oh, I don't really know anything. Oh, I don't know. I'll ask my husband. Oh, my husband takes care of that. You know, it's it's a lot of that. And so, so what I'm, you know, through coaching, what I'm really trying to promote is, yeah, we need to, you know, collect our power again. But that power is from within because we have it. We do that with our children. And so we just need to remember to use the same energy with our finances uh, to make sure that we are, you know, fiscally responsible ourselves and financially independent on in, in our own rights. Right. To answer your question about between women, um, in the area of money and finance, I don't necessarily see 
the the, the dynamics. I I know what you're talking about. You know, between women, maybe I hear that in corporations. You know, oftentimes、uh, a very male dominated corporation. You know, the environment. Maybe you have a couple of women. You would think that they would be, you know, working together, band together, but oftentimes because of the competition, they actually, you know, fight for each, you know, fight with each other or whatever, right? So, I, I, I've heard these scenarios in corporations, and I, I could imagine in politics,、um, but in the area of money and finance, more at the personal level, I don't really experience that. I think、um, oftentimes we can actually. Have very similar conversations. Once we open up,、um, it becomes like a floodgate. Like you know, we start talking about, yeah, you know, this, this, and that. And so, so it is one area that I, I think it's we're actually very fortunate that we, we can bend together、um, in a more、um, cohesive way to help each other out. Oh, that that's actually really wonderful to hear. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much. But before we wrap up, I, you know, I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. So, what is your definition of success? Really feeling grounded, and really feeling happy with myself. You know, at peace.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes when we're growing up, we're really wondering where are we go, doing, and all of that. But I find that right now, I'm just. At peace with myself and continuing to,、um, you know, flourish. Still continuing to flourish, but there's the peace there also. Right, right.、Yeah. Uh, okay. And to me, that is actually success. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I, I can I can so resonate with that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how does money show up for you,、um, or you know what what you've you know whether it's your personal life or how you view it showing up in in the public service area as well. How does money come? To- I think、uh, for money is when you have a roof over your head and it's just enough. Knowing, just feeling secure, the security that it provides.、Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, there was once upon a time, you know, I wanted to be this billionaire or trillionaire and be like Warren Buffett and all that. But I've come to a point where it's like, enough.、Mm-hmm. Just enough, and you you have the security and the peace, knowing that you know you're able to leave something for your children, and we don't have to be extravagant.、Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where money is for me, and it you know a lot of it came out in this last years when I've when I'm in public service. I see you know people who are living in on the streets in RVs. You know their children who. Their home is is not a great place to be. They end up in the coffee shop doing homework because that's、mm. the only place that they have peace and quiet.、Um, I see seniors who are choosing whether the the limited income they have, whether they're paying for their medicine or a meal, or are they going to pay for a meal or electricity? Yeah. You know, so that really kind of helped me shape that. Money is as long as you just have enough, and 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 to give back.、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, what are some of the favorite charities、um, that mean something to you, and give back? Yeah. Great, great. Well, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your time and your words of wisdom. I hope our listeners can learn from your journey, and、um, to go pursue. You know, you could be. 
born anywhere, growing up anywhere, but still go pursue your um, your beliefs and your passion and the causes that you are passionate about. So thank you so and much for being here. And I just want to encourage all the youth who are grow who are growing. Um, even though you know they learn so much at school, l learn more, ask more questions, and be individuals. You know, look through all the things that people are saying and their opinions, and formulate your own opinions based on good information. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a development that um, individuality. So yeah. I hope that the youth can work on that. Great, great. Well, thank you so much again. Thank, thank you, you for the opportunity. Yeah. and have a great day you too thank you for tuning in to the women and money empowerment show if you ever have doubt for a moment about yourself your capability or your worthiness please remember to keep coming back to these stories and lean in draw the wisdom and strength from these incredible women and know that you also have what it takes to live a fulfilling life until next time have a fabulous day you have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.